I've been talking about Spurgeon's timeless classic, Lectures to My Students, and this week's episode is about the chapter titled, To Workers with Slender Apparatus, which is a very strange chapter title. What Spurgeon means by workers with slender apparatus is preachers who have very few books and little prospect of acquiring more books. Now, the temptation when you're reading Spurgeon's book and you get to this chapter is to skip over it once you realize that he's talking about uh, preachers who don't have very many books. And the reason why there's a temptation to kind of skip the chapter is, at least in my thinking, well, today books are cheap, uh, a lot cheaper than they were in Spurgeon's day. And not only that, we have today the Internet. And not only can we get books for cheap, we can get books for free. I've got all kinds of electronic books that I've downloaded for free. These are things that Spurgeon and his compatriots uh, didn't even imagine was possible. So we don't really struggle today with uh, the inability to acquire more books. But let me caution you to not skip over this chapter when you're reading this book, Lectures to My Students. You'd be glad you read the chapter because in it, if you look below the surface, uh, of course, Spurgeon does give sound advice on what to do if you don't have very many books. But if you look beneath that, you'll see that the chapter is not so much about how to get more books when you don't have much money, uh, but rather Spurgeon in this chapter reveals his own philosophy of reading. And that's what intrigued me, and that's what I found very helpful. And so I'd like to share with you in the next few brief minutes Spurgeon's philosophy of reading. In this episode, I'll have four talking points and then I'll be done. Number one, Spurgeon in this chapter truly does emphasize the importance of reading. And it probably goes without saying, and yet it still needs to be said, that of all vocations in the world, preachers should especially feel the need to read. Spurgeon believed in reading so much that he advocates for churches having a good library. I don't think I've ever seen a church with a great library. I've seen a few churches with some pretty cool bookstores in it, uh, but I've never seen a church that had a really robust library. Now, Spurgeon said about churches and their libraries, a good library should be looked upon as an indispensable part of church furniture, and the deacons, whose business it is to serve tables, will be wise if without neglecting the table of the Lord or of the poor and without diminishing the supplies of the minister's dinner table, that they give an eye to his study table and keep it supplied with new works and standard books and fair abundance. Now, perhaps again in this internet age, most churches will view a library as an unnecessary expense. But the lesson here, I think for us is that Spurgeon uh, so believed in the importance of reading that he felt that the churches of his day should make it a financial priority to fund their own library as they would any other ministry of the church. Lesson number two, when it comes to reading, Spurgeon firmly believed in the principle of quality over quantity. He said, if a man can purchase but very few books, my first advice to him would be, let him purchase the very best. If he cannot spend much, let him spend well. 
In this chapter, Spurgeon does recommend uh, several different titles that he enjoyed for his sermon preparation. It's an interesting chapter to read just to see what Spurgeon liked as far as uh, his choice of books. And, of course, you won't be surprised that one of the books that he recommends or sets of books that he recommends is Matthew Henry's uh, commentary. And I've got the set of Matthew Henry's in my library. I know that you can get Matthew Henry for free on the internet and a lot of Bible study software that people will use today. Spurgeon loved Matthew Henry's commentaries and advised all of his students to be sure of all of the sets that they buy, of all the books that they can afford, to make sure that they prioritize purchasing a set of Matthew Henry commentaries. Here's what Spurgeon said about Matthew Henry and his commentaries. He said, I venture to say that no better investment can be made by any minister than that peerless exposition. Get it if you sell your coat to buy it. So Spurgeon felt very strongly that every preacher needed to have and to use a set of Matthew Henry commentaries. And I agree, it is my favorite commentary to use. What's your favorite commentary to use? Let me know in the comment section below. Number three, Spurgeon advises preachers to master the great books instead of reading a lot of mediocre material. And let's be honest, we live in a day and age when not only are books cheaper, but there's a lot more of them, it seems. There is so much for us to choose from to read that we need to be discerning with our time because if we're not careful, we might find ourselves reading a lot of mediocre fluff and nutter instead of really great, solid theological books that have stood the test of time. So spend your time mastering, studying, reading the really great books and not so much the mediocre books that are so prevalent today. Spurgeon said, a student will find that his mental constitution is more affected by one book thoroughly mastered than by 20 books which he has merely skimmed. Little learning and much pride come of hasty reading. Books may be piled on the brain till it cannot work. Some men are disabled from thinking by their putting meditation away for the sake of much reading. They gorge themselves with book matter and become mentally dyspeptic. Books on the brain cause disease. Get the book into the brain and you will grow. Number four, Spurgeon also drives home the need for thinking deeply. You see, it's not just about reading a lot. It's about reading and thinking and meditating on what you've read. Spurgeon explains, Without thinking, reading cannot benefit the mind, but it may delude the man into the idea that he is growing wise. Thought is the backbone of study, and if more ministers would think, what a blessing it would be. So one of the keys to studying well and to reading well is not to just read a lot, but to think deeply as you read. And I fear that one of the challenges preachers face today that Spurgeon did not face in the same, to the same degree is the challenge of being able to focus and think deeply. We are so distracted today with technology, smartphones, tablets. I mean, our devices are always chiming and ringing and notification bells going off. And it's hard for more and more, and at least it is true for me, to find yourself able to think for and without interruption, without a distracted thought, to think 
for like an hour straight. It's becoming harder and harder because of the kind of world that we live in. But it is necessary for preachers to master the ability to think deeply as we study and prepare sermons and get ready to stand before our people and preach the Word of God. Now, the question that should be asked is, how can I learn to think deeply? You might be surprised to learn that Spurgeon credits in part his ability to think deeply by learning how to think deeply as a young man. In fact, he learned this ability while he was fishing. Uh, Listen to what Spurgeon said. Personally, I owe much to many hours and even days spent alone under an old oak tree by the river Medway. Happening to be somewhat indisposed at the time when I was leaving school, I was allowed considerable leisure and, armed with an excellent fishing rod, I caught a few small fishes and enjoyed many daydreams intermingled with searchings of heart and much ruminating of knowledge acquired. If boys would think, it would be well to give them less classwork and more opportunity for thought. So Spurgeon believes, and uh, you can read it for yourself, that part of his ability to think deeply and focus was something that he learned as a young man fishing. So you heard it from Spurgeon, and I agree. If you want to preach better and think deeply, go fishing more. It's time well spent. You may not catch any fish, but you may learn uh, to think better and to stay focused. Spurgeon says so much in this chapter about reading and learning and thinking deeply. I hope you'll take the time and read it for yourself. Let me close with this quote from Spurgeon. In case the famine of books should be sore in the land, there is one book which you all have, and that is your Bible. And to minister with his Bible is like David with his sling and stone, fully equipped for the fray. And to that I say, Amen.